on right now with Jim Dawes. Coming right at you on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You can listen as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, or Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. And I love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or you can call my vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That number for the vent line is 772-245-0750. Leave your rants on that line and we might use them on the broadcast. Well, today's the big day that we've waited over two years for. Well, I guess it's just coming right up on two years. The Inspector General Report, the Department of Justice's internal investigation into the wrongdoing that took place with uh, McCabe and Comey and, and Strzok and Page, and everybody has been rubbing their hands together because finally we're going to get to the meat of this. And I've been telling people since early on in this process that the IG is not going to deliver the goods against the Department of Justice. An inspector general in any government agency is not there to get to the bottom of corruption or get to the uh, the truth of wrongdoing in their agency. They're, they are there first and foremost and always to protect the institution. Now, sometimes this wrongdoing may be so massive that the uh, inspector general has to admit to some of it and throw a few minor operators, you know, lower-level people. I guess in this case it's probably going to rise up to McCabe. They've got to throw them under the bus. But the IG report is not going to write a scathing indictment of the Department of Justice. That's just not what it, uh, um, Horowitz is there to do. He got his job because he understands his job. It's sort of like these uh, these referees in uh, pro sports who know that if they want to get invited back, you know, to referee in the next season's playoff games, that they need to ensure that this year's series goes six or seven games. And if it doesn't, uh, they'll find somebody who understands what their job is, and that's the guy that'll get the job the next time. Sort of got off on a little bit of a sidetrack there, but this Inspector General report, it'll have just enough truth in it to where, you know, uh, Horowitz can claim that he did the best job he could. <clears throat> I'm not convinced entirely that uh, um, John Durham is going to conduct a, a, a real a hard-hitting investigation into all this, but uh, that if we are to receive any uh any real indictments, you know, based on grand jury testimony and all of that, it'll come from John Durham. And, you know, after today's report um, fizzles, I predict that you'll have the Democrats all over uh, the TV, including Clapper and Comey saying, see, I told you so, see. So just get ready for that in order to try to uh, distract, further distract from, you know, what information does come out in this report today? Old Nancy Pelosi has instructed Job of the Hut Jerry Nadler to convene another 
hearing before his judiciary committee apparently called him sort of flat-footed because they had not announced any witnesses um you know beforehand they hadn't announced that they were going to have a hearing so we'll be treated to another one of these uh, spectacles where they call up a bunch of democrat partisans and uh and they all nod their heads in agreement uh, and it'll give the republican minority on the committee the opportunity to sort of skewer these uh these uh, jokes of a witness in this joke of a process. But here we go with the IG report. It'll be uh, used to uh, you know say, well, we told you so. Uh, Comey really uh, didn't have you know any uh, any negative motives in mind. This this IG report is going to focus on the the FISA warrant, and it's amazing to me how much lack of understanding goes around on this FISA process. They keep saying, well, you know, he just spied on a, a, a minor figure in the campaign and he didn't, they, they didn't even uh, start wiretapping his phone lines and collecting his emails and text messages until after he left the campaign. And they put this out on, on national TV, ignoring entirely that when you get one of these FISA warrants, it allows you to Go back and collect all of that information, and all of that information is collected not on just on Carter Page, but on each and every one of us. In these big server farms operated by the National Security Agency, and not only does it allow you to collect all of them their information going forward and going backwards forever, it also allows you to uh, look and uh, collect the the calls, text messages and emails of everybody that they talk to and everybody that that person talks to, the two-hop rule. So all they have to do is get their camel's nose in the tent, and they've got it all. You won't hear anything about that in the IG report because apparently that is uh, that is classified information that they're not allowed to talk about, and the only reason we know about it is because of whistleblowers, true whistleblowers, like Bill Benny, who has been blowing the whistle longer and louder than any whistleblower in history, but uh, you just can't get the attention that he deserves. He was the guy, if you're not familiar with Bill Benny, that set up this whole surveillance state after 9-11. Well, on Saturday night, we were treated to the uh, the New York um uh, smart alecky uh, treatment of Trump and they uh, they had a, a a skit where they were showing these foreign leaders over at the NATO summit mocking president Trump and making president Trump sit at the you know the uh, unpopular table in their their NATO lunchroom and uh and while they did I admit sort of mock uh, the European leaders I, and I'm referring to Justin Trudeau as one of the European leaders because only a European nation would elect such a a fay foe a fay foe uh, leader as Justin Trudeau after he'd been caught repeatedly in uh, wearing blackface after having declared himself a social justice warrior wearing blackface in you know fairly recently repeatedly and he was caught on a live mic you know saying that uh, Donald Trump uh, well he was just uh, sort of ridiculing Trump 
And it's kind of amazing that uh, uh, the Democrats and the Democrat media seem to agree with these Europeans and, and sided against the United States and in favor of Justin Trudeau and, uh, and Emmanuel Macron criticizing or mocking our own president. Joe Biden even went so far as to put an ad out about it, trying to capitalize on the episode. The world sees Trump for what he is, insincere, ill-informed, corrupt, dangerously incompetent and incapable, in my view, of world leadership. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty if ever being able to recover America's standing in the world and our capacity to bring nations together. Our capacity and our, our, our efforts to bring nations together to feed at the America taxpayers trough. That, uh, that commercial that I just played for you had, uh, it, it began with showing Justin Trudeau uh, sort of mocking Trump. I didn't play that because the, the audio is almost inaudible and um, it, uh, you know, it doesn't really add anything. But it, what I'm trying to show here is that Joe Biden trying to capitalize on these, uh, these European leaders, which America has always been proud not to have the sensibilities of these Europeans, we had to ride to their rescue on not one but two occasions of world wars, and and uh, get their butts out of a crack. And for our trouble, we got to protect them, pay for their protection for the next uh, what is it, fifty years now? But this is uh, the same Joe Biden who was out on the trail uh, over the weekend talking to a convention of Teamsters when he said. This. 2.2 billion. So you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the, run, brings out the carts on, on, on a forklift. What the heck is he talking about? 2.2 billion. So you go ahead and you stack spaghetti sauce at a store and in a supermarket. You control the guy or the woman who runs the, run, brings out the carts on, on, on a forklift. <laughs> oh my God. Just imagine that guy that you just heard on a debate stage with Donald Trump trying to, you know, get his, his licks in. Donald Trump will leave this guy a, a muttering and ramp, a rambling mess. It will be roadkill on that debate stage. So while the, our glitterati was uh, joining in with the Europeans and, and mocking Trump, they entirely didn't notice that since coming to office, Donald Trump has forced these same European leaders to contribute an additional $530 billion to their own defense. So that's not the important story. The important story is the pathetic Justin Trudeau was caught on a live mic making fun of Trump. And Justin Trudeau uh, promptly in Canada, they they promptly published a, uh, a jobs report that showed that they had lost 71,000 jobs in the United States, that would be, um, you know, uh, the equivalent of losing about a million uh, jobs, while at the same time, the United States jobs report showed an increase of 266,000, a BAFO jobs report. 
And you've got these protesters, these pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong, waving uh, photographs of Donald Trump and American flags. And over the weekend, uh, the president uh, was able to negotiate the release of um, an, uh, a, an American grad student that was being held for the last three years by uh, Iran. And uh, Donald Trump used uh, the success of that negotiation in, in order to try to argue uh, for, you know, greater negotiations. He said, he, he tweeted out, taken, <clears throat> excuse me, taken during the Obama administration despite $150 billion gift, returned during the Trump administration. Thank you to Iran for a very fair negotiation. See, we can make a deal together. So uh, this this is uh, the you know, first president we've had that actually tries to bring home American hostages. The rest of the presidents always adhered to this um, this principle that we don't negotiate with host- hostage takers. And I do see some uh, rationale in that. I, I do also see that when uh, they take one of these hostages that the United States turns around and implements sanctions on these countries that are so severe they wish that they had never done that, while at the same time negotiating behind the scenes to bring these people home so that their families can have some relief. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about a little bit more about this jobs report and the upcoming impeachment fiasco today in Jerry Nadler's uh, Judiciary Committee. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Jobs president that God ever created. I tell you that. <laughs> that was from the campaign when the president said repeatedly on the stump that he was going to focus like a laser on creating jobs, understanding that when you tighten the job market, what you do is you increase wages. And the middle class in this country had not received uh, any <clears throat> any significant increase in their wages. They continually lost ground to inflation. For over a decade, really, if you look at it in the broader picture, uh, going on 30 years. And while the Democrats and their uh, mouthpieces in the media have been focused on trying to remove this president, this president has been going from one success after another in this latest jobs report that came out right as Nancy Pelosi marched to the microphone and said that with a heavy heart, and prayerfully and in uh, thorough respect for the Constitution, she was going to instruct 
her House committee chairman to draw up articles of impeachment. Now, this is before they've had a single fact witness before the uh, House Judiciary Committee. I don't think they're going to have any fact witnesses testify today. And uh, and probably the reason she did that is she got wind that this uh, jobs report was was coming out, and she needed to try to stomp on that. The Democrats are using your House of Representatives as a uh, a campaign tool to try to somehow drive down this president's approval numbers, so that uh, one of their clown car candidates stands a ch- snowball's chance in hell of beating him. But here's a a little bit of a montage that showed what Nancy was up against uh, with the release of this jobs report. The Labor Department just released the November jobs report, and it is a big number. 266,000 jobs in November. Again, slow out. 266,000 net new jobs. This blows away expectations. What a way to end the decade on this report. It's outstanding. A great, strong number. Is there any other way to look at this other than a blowout? You can't contradict that these are the best numbers of our lives. The unemployment rate ticked down again to 3.5%. A couple of generations of people have not seen this kind of unemployment rate. Putting it back at the lowest level in 50 years. It definitely feels like the policies around President Trump are working for the people. Are Americans actually making more money in this kind of better job market? Yes, they are. Here you've got prosperity conferred upon us by the by the Trump tax cuts and deregulation. So uh, real wages, and these wages went mostly to lower and middle income workers in the uh, in the workforce. We're up three and a half percent in this uh, this last year because of this tight job market, and the Democrats' answer is to get into the mind reading business, try to determine or try to convince you that the president had um, uh, bad motives when he asked the new Ukrainian president to find out what went on in 2016 and whether or not. Joe and Hunter Biden were uh, engaged in graft and corruption with this uh, Burisma energy company. So the Judiciary Committee, without hearing a single fact witness, just hearing from these lefty law professors, drafted their report and released it on Saturday morning. 52 pages, I looked at it, uh, I I did my uh, Evelyn Wood sped reading treatment of it and uh i i uh, i just want to thank andrew or joel pollock over there at breitbart for putting together sort of uh, an executive summary of it and just as i've been telling you for the longest time that this whole impeachment is based on the democrats claimed ability to read the president's minds that is exactly what they state in this report it says quote The question is not whether the president's conduct could have resulted from permissible motives. No, I thought that was exactly the question. It is whether the president's real reasons, the ones in his mind at the time, were legitimate. (laughs) So this uh, this is what they're basing their impeachment on, that the president, they admit at this point, apparently, that it is perfectly legitimate to try to look into the Ukraine's meddling in the 2016 election, and they they can't continue to ignore that because when they get before the Senate, it is going to be 
uh, well documented and explored the, uh, or whether or not Joe Biden, uh, you know, had his snout in the trough over there in the Ukraine. The question is whether or not he had an ulterior motive and he thought that he was doing this because it would it would uh, delegitimize Joe Biden. Well, if he was going to do that, he would have just let the Democrats go ahead and nominate Joe Biden and bring all of this out during the campaign. The report ignores entirely all of these uh, so-called elite legal scholars that the House Judiciary Committee called to testify last week. The report doesn't bother to cite any of the testimony from last Wednesday's hearings, these three uh, lefty legal scholars, and that would tell you that the report was probably written prior to that hearing. And this report also cites this uh, this the misquote that the Democrats and their media mouthpieces have been using uh, that uh, says that uh, when Donald Trump said that according to Article 2 of the Constitution, he can do whatever he wants. Well, the truth of that's coming out too, and that was uh, a quote that was pulled out of context when Donald Trump was af- answering a question specifically about whether or not he could fire Robert Mueller. Now, the president was perfectly right. According to Article 2 of the Constitution, he could fire Robert Mueller, but he never did it. So again, you're being, you're being played and manipulated. And this, uh, this report also continues to uh, put forward this absurd standard for bribery that uh, Alan Dershowitz really blew up on Mark Stein's um, Sunday, talk, or, uh, Sunday interview show. If they tried to hold a president to the standard bribery that they're trying to impeach Donald Trump for, a United States president would never be able to engage in any other foreign policy negotiations because foreign policy negotiations are all based on a quid pro quo. So the Democrats really don't have a case for impeachment. They're they're uh, trying to stand on this abuse of power standard. Never mind the fact that there is no abuse of power standard in the impeachment clause of the Constitution. But once again, if asking a foreign power to look into corruption as a condition of receiving American taxpayers foreign aid. Well, no, no president would be able to conduct business and every American president throughout history would have been subject to impeachment. (laughs) They cite as president, the impeachment of Andrew Johnson way back post-Civil War. But the indictment or the impeachment of Andrew Johnson is seen almost universally by historians as an abuse of the impeachment power. So I guess, you know, they're acknowledging that, yeah, once again, we're going down this path that the founders feared and that is the partisan abuse of the impeachment power. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Karen Strahan. 
to talk about the Me Too movement and how it relates to this current presidential campaign. Stick with us. We'll be right back after two messages on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective on the Mojo 5.0 radio network. The field for the Democrat presidential nomination has swelled to over 20 candidates now, including six women. But in spite of the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, the Democrats claimed commitment to diversity and women's empowerment. All of the top polling candidates are white men, and the top two are old white men. So what's up with that? To discuss this, we're joined now by Karen Strahan. She's a spokesperson for Men's Rights Edmonton. You can find them online at mensrightsedmonton.com and a contributor for a voiceformen.com. She's a prominent men's rights advocate. And you may have seen her on YouTube where she's got a Bafo channel called Girl Rights What? She's the mother of several children and publishes naughty novels. Karen, thanks for joining us right now. Oh, yeah. No, you're welcome. And my novels aren't naughty. I mean, they're dirty, dirty filth, but they're not naughty. Well, this is a family program, Karen. So, um, you know, it seems like the Democrats have spent the last two years telling us that, um, you know, it's time for to break this glass ceiling and men, especially old white men, should sit down and shut up. And allow women to uh, to take their rightful place after at long last, and yet in spite of this, we got old Joe Biden driving this uh, this twenty candidate clown car, and old Bernie Sanders he seems to be riding shotguns. So what's going on? You know, honestly, I think it it really has to do with the uh, the. I suppose you could say the Trump's branding of many of the candidates, right? So you have Elizabeth Warren, she's Focahontas. Um, you have uh, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, or Gillibrand, who's, uh, who's uh, the only plank in her platform is, is rapity-rape-rape edition of, of you know, uh, stuff. 
right? Like you, you literally have these uh, women who are, they, they are attempting to ride on the coattails of indigenous peoples. They're attempting to ride on the coattails of sexual violence against women. They're like, they will, they are one issue candidates. At least they're seen that way. Right. And, uh, and then you have uh, somebody like Joe Biden, who's just, He's he's just white like bread. really yeah he's very white bread he's very he's like real white wonder bread with mayonnaise um, he he's just he's Velveeta <laughs> Velveeta on real white wonder bread well you know he's been um, in Washington and, for over forty years and he's got damn little to show for it except for you know becoming a nonstop gaff machine. And you just got to believe going into 2020, if this is really the best they got, and he's hovering now around 30 percent in the polls, and sadly mild. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's. I wouldn't say he's got nothing to show for it. He's got the Violence Against Women Act to show for it, which is like really egregious, in my opinion. It's it's one of the mo- the worst pieces of federal legislation that's ever passed in the U.S. Um, blocks men. It took the gender neutral family violence. Prevention and Services Act uh, that was passed by Reagan in 1984 and turned it into the completely gender-biased Violence Against Women Act that that cut men and boys out of uh, benefits and services in over 60 different uh, provisions, right, of that act, right? So um, he really has proven his feminist credentials in terms of the legislation that he's willing to pass, right? He may be grabby, creepy, you know, all of those things that he's been labeled as recently, uh, a little bit gropey. Um, you know, people people might be mocking him in that respect, but when it comes to legislation, right, he essentially said in 1990 during his first attempt to get the Violence Against Women Act passed, he said... Um, in my house, it was a nuclear sanction. It didn't matter what my sister did. You know, it didn't matter what she had done. It didn't matter whether she had hit us, uh, me or my brothers. It didn't matter any of that. If we ever laid a finger on her, right, it was a nuclear sanction from my parents, and I have the bruises to prove it. And well, he's proud of that. Well, I sort of he's grew up in that. I sort of grew up in that that milieu too. I had brothers, but I had uh, a whole passel of uh, female cousins, and um, you know, I've had my head busted with coke bottles and uh, and stabbed with butter knives and all of that. But uh, you know, we were we were brought up strict, and and you know, if I had sons, I would raise them the same way that you do not hit a woman under any circumstances. Well, you withdraw. There you go. There you go. But when when you actually look at how that plays out under the law and how that plays out in relationships, right, when you give one sex carte blanche to physically assault the other sex, right, and never be retaliated against because the moment that the other sex retaliates against you, then they go to prison, they go to jail, they get prosecuted, uh, they get demonized, right, then you're essentially giving one sex carte blanche to do whatever they want um, to anybody. And so what we really have here is is this uh, this attitude, and I think it's it's a very feminist attitude, 
that women should be allowed to do whatever they want. Women should be free. They should be liberated. They should be allowed to do whatever they want. They should suffer no consequences. There should be no repercussions. There should be no uh, fallout from that. So if you have unprotected sex and you get pregnant, no problem. You got abortion. You got the morning after pill. You got all of these options, right? You, you, there are no consequence i like to tell people i'm pro-choice you ought to exercise your freedom of choice before you engage in unprotected sex i've got daughters and i tell them that i'm pro-choice you make the choice well you know but beforehand here's the thing here here's the feminist attitude towards that he made his choice when he had sex right even if she poked holes in the condom you know he made his choice when he had sex right but she makes her choice up to, you know, the day before the baby is due. Uh, she she has the legal right in some states to abort that child. More and more right? states. So, yes. yeah. So I mean, you, you're looking at you're looking at a situation where what what we're seeing, and and I agree, right? You know, one of the things that. You know, I, w- I was one of three sisters. We didn't have any brothers. My dad had a vasectomy after me. I was the youngest because, uh, in his words, he wasn't going to be uh, the lone hormone in in a family of five women. Um, but he also wasn't, no way any son of his was going to grow up with three older sisters like he did, <laughs> right? Because his older sisters were abusive, right? So... You know, he he just put his foot down and said, "Okay, we're done." But um, the the way my dad kind of put it was, you know, you are my girls, but you will live up to my standards, right? And that's kind of why I got involved in all of this. It's why my you know one of my sisters is like she's high up in government. She was high up in the military. She was you know like absolutely she's one hundred percent the person, the go to person for certain things. Um, you know like she's super reliable, not flaky at all, all of that stuff, right? But when when you actually look at how like when my dad was talking to us one of the things that he said was out of all of the things that could get you on my bad side, which were very few disrespecting your mother, disrespecting your mother is one of them. Well, that's because a man's supposed to watch out for his wife and a wife is supposed to watch out for her husband. So uh, I would, I would expect your dad to say that. And and one of the things that one of the reasons I think that I grew up and and got the views uh, formed the views that I did about men and women is because I never ever once heard my mother or my father ever tell each other to shut up. Um, they they never ever called each other names. They never yelled through things. Nothing like that. They had their disagreements. Oh, you had a um, childhood, young lady. Listen, I absolutely <laughs> did. It was a blessed childhood. Yeah, you've you've got to uh, come up with uh, some sort of uh, horror stories so you can get in on some of this intersectionality. But I want to jump back in on this uh, this race because you 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 touched on 
a subject briefly that I think has gotten too much of a pass for Joe Biden. I, you know, if you want to sort of be handsy and over friendly, friendly with a grown woman, that's one thing. A grown woman has the agency, although you could argue that she doesn't if, if it's the vice president with a bunch of secret service men, but she, uh, you know, can, can rebuff Protest, his, yeah. his, his, uh, boorishness. But the way that this man has laid his hands on little children really offends me. And I don't think it's something like Tucker Carlson has blown off and, and a lot of other uh, conservative writers have shown how fair-minded they are by making nothing out of this. But the way he has put his hands on children, if he had done that to one of my children, I would knock him on his butt. Um, and he's done it right there in front of cameras, which makes you think that maybe the man has a screw loose. Um, you know, it actually doesn't make me think he has a screw loose. Like the, the fact that there are cameras there is actually his protection. Like that's that's really um, <clears throat> what it is. Is is um, the fact that there are cameras there? There are cameras rolling. There are cameras pointing at people. Right? That's what's going to make people, uh, I guess, shrink away from making a scene mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to make a scene when there are cameras like multiple cameras pointed at them right that that's actually um it's something that most people don't really consider in terms of you know oh you, you're you're being recorded so of course you well you can tell by to... watching the children that they know it's inappropriate because they're pulling away and and trying to you know get back to their parents but um yes you know, it's uh, it's yeah. really, really creepy behavior. And so, you know, we've got Joe Biden. Um, he is a, a an empty shirt as far as I'm concerned. And, and uh, you know, I'm quite sure if he becomes the Democrats nominee, that Trump will uh, just skewer him. But it kind of well, blows what, my mind that, what, um, you know, coming up. Go ahead, Karen. What What I find blows my mind is that somebody who's actually willing to uh, to uh, touch children and women in ways that make them visibly uncomfortable on camera, and the cameras again are not—they um, are not something that is is going to prevent him from doing that. That actually gives him license to do it because the people aren't going to make a scene in front of the cameras, right? Um, they aren't going to rebuff the second most powerful man in the free world on camera. They're not going to do that. Um, so essentially what he's he's doing is he's abusing his power, um, but he's doing it with women and he's doing it with children, with girls in particular. And, uh, and he's the person who is essentially saying, yes, my sister had carte blanche to to beat on me, I have the bruises to prove it when he was trying to pass the Violence Against Women Act. So, I mean, like, there is there is something seriously, um, I guess there's a, a level of cognitive dissonance going on or some kind of weird pathology going on with him where he, he thinks he is pro-woman, but he's he's willing to touch women in, inappropriately. It seems like a lot of these male feminists are um, are closet creepers and and abusers. Uh, that's just been 
um, you know, something that I've noticed. Uh, the, 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 the evolutionary biology uh, term for it is sneaky effers. I'm, I'm <laughs> using the effers, um, you know. Because, I, do. I do appreciate that, Karen. Yeah, but... Uh, the- This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Go ahead, Karen. Okay, so so sneaky efforts is a evolutionary uh, biologist term for Males of a given species, usually in a harem species, a species where the top 20% of males sire 90, 95% of all of the offspring, um, where they actually take on the physical properties of the females of that species, and therefore they're able to sneak into the harem. Um, they're able to essentially pretend to be female or female enough that, that that male doesn't see them as a threat, that male doesn't see them as uh, a competitor. And so they, uh, they go in and they uh, have sex with females who may also not see them as a potential threat or even as male. They, they just are just essentially like, okay, well, I, I trust this this individual because it looks like me and it acts like me uh, until, yeah. So, I mean, like that's, I think that's what, uh, uh, that's a lot of uh, what's behind male feminists and male SJWs, um, you know, those sort of uh, pudgy around the middle, Beta boys. Uh, round face. Yeah. Well, you would call them soy boys, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, those kinds of males that, that really can't compete, they, they sneak in the back door into the harem and, uh, and essentially, uh, there's, there's a huge, why didn't I talk to you? Why didn't I talk to you when I was a teenager? Well, you know, I don't know, but all I know is there's a huge long list of men who, you know, who essentially say, I am feminist. I am feminist who are, like, absolutely... Um, Harvey Weinstein. You know, like... Well, yeah. Or Al Franken. There was a guy... There was a guy um, amongst the circles that I travel in, right? Because I, I, I delve into nerd culture a little bit, so comic books and video games and, and things like that, right? Right. And there was this guy who had a channel called The Skeptic Feminist, and uh, he ran it with his two girlfriends. He was uh, what you call polyamorous. 
he called himself Russian Deadpool, but his his real name is Alexander Kolpakov, um, and uh, he had essentially. Uh, I always got this horrific vibe from him. In fact, I actually did an interview with him, and I told my producer, I'm never going to be in the same room with that guy. Like, I will never do that. And it was because he he spent the entire interview trying to force me into a victim box, right? Trying to force me as a woman into the woman as victim box. That's what I find and so repulsive that, about feminism and, is and, that, that they try to yeah. steal away women's agencies and pretend that they don't have their own sphere of influence and power. And it's, Absolutely. it's just absurd. Absolutely. And and one of the things that uh, shocked the entire community, because there were some people among my circle, right, of, you know, men's advocates and stuff who were friendly with him. You know, he seemed to be willing to talk. He seemed to be willing to debate all of that stuff. And, you know, anybody who's willing to debate, we're like happy to actually debate with them. Um, and communicate with them because there are so few people who are actually willing to give us the time of day, right? But um, then all of a sudden, a news article comes up and there's a picture of him and he's just killed one of his girlfriends. No kidding. Just shot her, shot her in the chest. Wow. Right? And and it's it's like, I saw it coming. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like, this this guy is, like, he is not, he's not a feminist based on principle. He's not a feminist based on, on you know, the facts. He's just he's using it as a vehicle based, to, be a, to, to, to be a predator. Well, he's a feminist based on the fact that it gives him a feeling of superiority as a male, Right. It, it actually, like, what what would make, and I've asked this question multiple times, right? If I were, if I were a rapist, right, or a misogynist, where would I want to hang out? I would want to hang out uh, in places where there are lots of women who are emotionally fragile, right, who talk about how difficult and impossible it is for women to report when they've been raped, but who want to talk about rape all the time, right? Like that would be the place that I would want to be if that was what got me off is, you know, I would be, I would want to be among a bunch of women who say we're victims. It's inevitable. It's rape is, is inevitable. Um, It's, it's, it's a product of masculinity, not an individual's choices, Right, so it's society that made you rape, not you and your choices, right? And also, um, here's all the reasons why I wouldn't report you if you did it to me. Mm-hmm. That would be where I would want to hang out if I was a rapist, right? And and I'm just like I'm I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know. This idea that women are weak and men are strong, right? Oh, that's part of patriarchy, apparently. Well, yeah, no, but it is the primary central tenet of feminism. Right. You make a good point. They, uh, yeah. they, the, their victimhood is sort of built into the whole philosophy. It is. And it's not necessary. It, it, it claims to be empowering. At the same time, it, uh, it, it uh, diminishes women. 
It does. I, I actually think that feminism, most of, because most of the statistics are inflated, right? So, you know, you might hear one in five women will be sexually assaulted. Well, on campus, uh, they're saying that uh, one in four women on campus are being uh, raped. If that is, in fact, the case, then uh, women would flee from these places uh, because everybody would know somebody that was being raped. It would just be one big rape fest. And and people well, would be going they, to jail. They, this whole idea that they can adjudicate rape cases with college tribunals is absurd on its face. If you actually believe somebody committed rape, you've got an, a, a responsibility to take them before a judge and have them thrown in jail if they're found guilty. Agreed. Um, but one of the one of the problems with that is is that we're not talking about one in four women being raped. We're talking about one in four women being sexually assaulted, and um. Sexual assault includes things like having your bum padded without your consent at a nightclub. Well, uh, you probably uh, have superior knowledge in this area, but my understanding was that the, this whole uh, rape culture um, uh, hysteria for college campuses was claiming actually that one in four women would be raped sometime during their college years. Oh, it, that was back in the 1980s, and only 27% of the women who were designated as rape victims agreed that they were rape victims, right? So, I mean, you're you're looking at, uh, you know, a study that was done by Mary P. Koss back in the 1980s on behalf of Ms. Magazine, right? And, uh, and she essentially said that 74% of the... Uh, the women who she designated as rape victims uh, didn't agree that they were rape victims, right? So 73%, sorry. Um, so you're, you're looking at a situation where, uh, where things are complicated, right? And, and you're also looking at a situation where, you know, there was a study done uh, of, a bunch of Ivy League schools, so so really high-profile schools in the United States that found that 27% or something like that of the students on campus would be sexually assaulted, not raped, but sexually assaulted. So that includes attempted rape, rape, being patted on the bum, all of those things, right, uh, by the time they graduated from a four-year degree, right? And, uh, and they extrapolated it onto... All of the press extrapolated that onto all schools across the U.S., which is completely bogus because if you actually look at the numbers that are reported under the Clary Act, which is the numbers of uh, the numbers that schools have to report, schools have to actually disclose when somebody reports to their school that they've been sexually assaulted. Okay, so you actually look in that study and you find the study had itself had a 19% response rate. So they sent out, every, out of every 100 uh, surveys they sent out, only 19 people responded. Um, but you're looking at this situation where they asked a question. It was hidden in the data tables. Nobody really took any notice of it. Um, where it said, uh, if you were assaulted and you, uh, were you assaulted, sexually assaulted, and did you report it to your school? So there's a number there, 
right, the percentage of people who were assaulted who reported it to their school, right? And then if you actually extrapolate that onto the general population of colleges across the United States, it's nine times. It's off by a factor of nine. Because if you report it to your school, it goes into the Clary Act. That's a known number. That is a known number, and it's still off by a factor of nine from this study. Wow, have we? I, I was sexually assaulted and reported it to my school. And, and the idea that uh, somebody would report um, a sexual assault and that, that they're supposed to adjudicate it within the college uh, confines, some, some sort of extra judicial due process, I always found oh, that's ab- ridiculous. absolutely absurd. Absolutely ridiculous. They've got, um, they've got know, police like not- uh, on campus. Police can certainly go make an arrest, and the, the local courts can you know uh, adjudicate and find out whether or not yeah. there really was in, anything to it. Well, and and essentially, one of the things that uh, that the Obama administration uh, got rid of was uh, there were some schools who actually required a person who was reporting a sexual assault to the campus authorities um, to also report it to police, and the Obama administration got rid of that. And and I'm like, you know, this this is not okay, right? Because it, it doesn't matter what side of this you're coming from whether you're coming from a position of being an advocate for the wrongfully accused, right, or whether you're coming at it from a position of victims and potential victims of sexual assault, right? N- none of that is okay. We, we, have right? a court, because, we have a court system for a reason, and it's, it's, well, not, it's you, not perfect by any means. If you just remove means. him from the campus, <laughs> then you've just put, what are you doing? Just you removed the, him from the campus. You put him into another population of women to, to pray and again. allowed him to to do to continue to do what he does. Exactly, Karen. We're uh, we're near the end here. Uh, we've strayed far from our topic, and uh, you were so compelling that uh, we never got back to it. But I want you to to give a plug to your uh, to your groups and uh, tell people how they can get in contact and follow you. Well, you know, you can get in contact with me uh, at Girl Writes What on Twitter or uh, YouTube uh, slash user slash Girl Writes What. If you have and, not uh, looked at if, uh, Karen's YouTube and, channel, and if, you do yourself a favor and check it out. I, Go ahead. If I'm, if I'm going to plug anyone, it'll be Tulsi Gabbard, but she's much too sensible for Man, the Democrats. To I was forward. really wanting to get in on Tulsi Gabbard. She's polling under 1%, and she's the only... Real one in the whole twenty-member uh, um, field that uh, really has anything interesting to say. Well, that takes us to the yeah, end of this edition she, of America she'd be First immune Radio. from Trump's branding. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID nineteen testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive-through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. 
They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.